Welcome to Rams Up, your weekly LA Rams podcast, bi-weekly during the season. We are a proud member of the Pigskin Podcast Network. We'll cover other SoCal sports items of interest, but we're mostly about your Los Angeles Rams. I'm your host, Mark. Let's get to it. Well, welcome to episode 50 of Rams Up, the big 5-0 episode 50. And I'm just getting started here, and it's already my least favorite episode. Gonna hate it. But here we go. Niners take down the Rams 31-10 in convincing fashion. And before this game in my preview, I talked about a number of things that were keys to the game. My fearsome four keys to the game. Among them were not letting Greg Kittle get loose for a monster game. Another was protecting Matthew Stafford. Another was getting to Jimmy Grappolo. None of that mattered. I was wrong. I was way off. This game was all about stopping the Niner running game. And apparently everybody recognized that except me. I did not get the memo. I should have recognized that. I should have recognized that the 49ers went to get the running game going to slow down that ever-improving Ram pass rush. Makes perfect sense. The Rams are missing Sebastian Joseph Day, one of the best run-stopping defensive tackles in the league. The Rams add Vaughn Miller to Leonard Floyd and Aaron Donald on that front, who all bring pressure on the quarterback on a regular basis. Niners are going to run the ball down the Rams' throat, and that's exactly what they did. Very frustrating. Long drives, efficient drives, Short passes when needed, converting third down after third down, and the Rams really had no answer. It wasn't that the Rams played horribly on defense. They just couldn't get the stops on third and short, third and three, third and four, third and five. That running game by the Niners and our third down defense, those are the only two keys to the game. Of course, that pick six didn't help, but I'm not sure if that really would have mattered. Rams were off all game long in all facets. I don't think they played horribly on defense, but they were definitely out of sync on offense. And the only answer for that kind of game plan, the 49ers' offensive game plan, is to be efficient when you have the ball. Drive down, kick field goals, score touchdowns. And just couldn't get it done. Couldn't get it done against a shorthanded Niner defense. Stafford was off in this game. There's no doubt about it. And his receivers were off too. Lots of drops. And I have to wonder if all that has happened with this team over the last two weeks has just caused them to lose focus. Adding Von Miller, adding OBJ, losing Robert Woods. Maybe all this has just caused them to lose their focus over the past couple weeks. I hope that's the case. Very disappointing effort. No doubt about it. Lose our fifth straight to the 49ers, a team that's built to beat the Rams, really. I mean, they're talking about it being Ram week. This is their Super Bowl. This is the big game of the season for them. They needed this win badly, and they got it. We'll be back in a minute to capture the entire game for you. We'll follow that up with some additional game notes and then our loop around the league. And a heads up, it's bye week for the Rams, but on Thursday... We're going to look back at the Rams' most recent drafts. We'll redo our power rankings. We'll have our game picks for Week 11. 
and we're also going to check in on UCLA basketball. So back in a minute with our capture of the entire game. More is always better. That's why my bookie instantly doubles all first-time deposits. With double the funds, you can double your action and, more importantly, double your wins. Getting in on the action has never been easier. I can bet with all my favorite currencies, including crypto, and with all the extra scratch, why not get in on the biggest matchups of the week at MyBookie? As we inch closer to the NFL playoffs, there are some pivotal games to be on the lookout for this weekend, including a showdown between divisional rivals when the San Francisco 49ers take on the Los Angeles Rams. Behind MVP candidate Matt Stafford, the Rams are looking to continue rolling as they take on the fierce 49er defense. The Rams are legit. Bet them to cover the spread. Don't wait. Head to MyBookie today to redeem your double deposit bonus so you can get in the game and start winning now. Use my promo code RAMSUP to receive double your first deposit instantly. That's promo code RAMSUP so you can double your funds to double your winnings. Bet anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. Let's capture how this game went for you. Rams got the ball first, picked up one first down, and then Stafford trying to connect with OBJ deep in 49er territory. They have a little bit of a miscommunication there. The ball's intercepted, and San Francisco takes over at their six. And they go on an 18-play, 11-minute drive, converting one third down after another. Not a lot of big plays, but lots of little ones. Kittle has three catches for 33 yards, including the touchdown pass. San Francisco up 7 to nothing. After the kickoff, Rams start at their own 25. And there's a personal foul on second down that really hurts the Rams. It's a strange play. Daryl Henderson gets thrown to the ground after the play. I thought I thought it was going to be a personal foul on the 49ers. But no, it's a personal foul on Andrew Whitworth for coming in late to the pile. And that really puts the Rams in a pickle. And... On third and 11, they try to throw a screen to Higby. He bobbles it, and Jimmy Ward grabs it and runs it in for the touchdown. It's just like last week, right? Rams are down 14 to nothing. Rams get the ball back after the kickoff start at their own 25, and they answer. Boy, do they. Very quickly, seven plays. Cooper Cup has a big 28-yard catch, and Higby redeems himself somewhat with a touchdown catch, so it's 14 to 7. But then the Niners... Answer with another big long drive, converting third down after third down. Rams don't seem to have an answer, and Debo Samuel eventually runs it in, making it 21-7, 49ers. And we're almost through the first half here. After the kickoff, Rams start at their own 21. Van Jefferson has a big catch, get it down deep into 49er territory. Rams have another miscue when Brian Allen has trouble with a snap. Puts the Rams in a little bit of a hole, and they can't get out of it. They finally set up for a field goal, and they fake it, try to convert, and it is read by the 49ers, shut down, and it's 21-7 San Francisco at halftime. Third quarter, San Francisco starts out at their own 22. 
Niners picked up one first down, then a big sack by Taylor Rapp, and the 49ers have to punt. But what do the Rams do? They go three and out. Two runs by Henderson and an incompletion. So San Francisco gets the ball back. A 37-yard punt by Hecker. So San Francisco gets the ball at their own 38. And what do they do? They drive down the field again. Settle for a 50-yard field goal to make it 24-7. Rams at their own 25. Two bad passes by Stafford. Sandwich a Sony Michelle 7-yard run. So another 3 and out. San Francisco gets the ball back at the 27. They convert a third down. Surprise, surprise. But end up punting. The Rams get the ball back. Start at their own 10. Third and 7. Tyler Higby drops a would-be first down. San Francisco, really good field position at their own 44. And a 40-yard touchdown pass. Garoppolo to Debo Samuel. And this game's really out of reach now. 31-7. Rams turn it over on downs on their next possession. San Francisco a 3-and-out. L.A. drives down and picks up a field goal in garbage time to make it 31-10. Rams tried an onside kick that failed. And that pretty much was it. 49ers turned the ball over on downs. Rams got the ball back, ran a play, and that's our final 31-10. We'll be back in a second for some game notes. Game balls? No, there will not be any game balls. Talk a little bit more about the game and what it all means for our Los Angeles Rams. Before we get into our game notes, did want to mention the Robert Woods injury. I didn't mention that up front. I'm sure all of you are already aware of it. What a loss. Robert Woods, one of my favorite players, such a warrior, does all the little things, reliable, tough, blocks well, great runner, great receiver, team captain. It's really devastating to hear that news. I think the team's going to be okay, though, but still... We're really going to miss that guy. I'm going to miss that guy for at least the rest of this season. And what a roller coaster year. You go back to the trade for Matthew Stafford. Yay, we're all excited. Then Cam Akers gets hurt. Then we start out 3-0, including a win over the defending champions. Yay, what a great start to the season, right? Then we lose to Arizona. Not an impressive showing at all. And then we sign Vaughn Miller. Wow, another Star added to this defense. Then we lose to the Titans. But then we bounce back with a another signing, OBJ. I was excited about that. And then we lose Robert Woods to an injury. I was hoping that the next part of this roller coaster ride would be a peak, but no, we follow that with a loss to the Niners. So Woods is gone, out for the year. I think we still have a very good wide receiver core, especially with OPJ on board. Ben Jefferson has been stepping up, and I have a really good feeling about Ben Skowronik. Yes, Ben Skowronik. I think I've been saying his name incorrectly all year. Get that fixed. But I have a good feeling about Ben. You had one catch in this game. So you got Cup, Ben Jefferson, OBJ, and Ben. I have a good feeling about that group of wide receivers. I'd love to have Robert Woods on board, 
but sadly, that won't be happening for the rest of this season. I already reviewed my fearsome four keys to the game, basically, and said, delete, don't waste our time, they were all wrong, it was all about stopping that rushing game. I will tell you what my fearsome four big plays of the game were. First was that juggle by Tyler Higby leading to the touchdown by San Francisco, called it a pick six. Hate to put that on Stafford. This is one of those pet peeves I think I've talked about in the past. This shouldn't be an interception on Stafford. Team turnover, that's what you should call it. But nonetheless, touchdown for the 49ers. Another big play was that personal foul on Whitworth. And remember, that came right before the pick six. That really put the Rams in a hole. I thought it was kind of a bad call. I thought there could have been personal fouls on both teams. But that led to that little dump-off screen to Higby, which had little chance of succeeding, and the ensuing touchdown by the 49ers. So that was a big play, that personal foul. Kind of glossed over it during the game. Another play that we might have missed early on, another big play was that offside by Leonard Floyd. We were going to stuff that play. It was a third down. It's going to be like a four-yard loss. 49ers are going to punt. But that gave him a first down. And in this game, that's the last thing we wanted to do is be given away first downs to the 49ers. And the final big play was the trick play at the end of the first half. I still felt we had a shot at that game. We are down 21-7. to And I'm going to have to tell you, Probably should have kicked the field goal there, make it 21 to 10, breathe some life, a little bit of momentum. What were the chances of that succeeding, really? Not much. And from that, I'm going to roll right into my coach's corner. I'm going to criticize McVeigh for that decision. Our special teams have been somewhere in between mediocre and horrible all year. Aside from Matthew Gay, he's been pretty consistent. Our special teams have not shined in any fashion, and there's been a lot of disappointments. So we're going to run a trick play. We're going to have our special teams execute a trick play in this game at the end of the half and really expect them to pull it off. So I'll get my coach's corner out of the way right now. That's my criticism of McVeigh and the coaches as far as decision-making. Those are my first and four big plays of the game, though. And be honest with you, I'm not sure any of them would have really mattered had they gone the other way. It all came down to that Niner running game. And, of course, our third down defense. Go through some interesting stats. Grappolo only threw four incompletions all game. He was 15 for 19. Elijah Mitchell, and I've been telling you guys about him. I really like him, and he finished with 92 yards. Debo Samuel had five carries for 36 yards. And he had had a rushing TD and a receiving TD. And George Kittle had a TD reception as well. The Rams only ran the ball 10 times for 52 yards. Not a bad average, but come on. I think the Rams felt like they had to move the ball quickly. And of those 10 runs, one was by Stafford on a little scramble. And another was the last play of the game by Sony Michelle. Daryl Henderson had five carries all game. Cooper Cup somehow managed to finish with 122 yards. OBJ had two catches, one on the first play of the game from scrimmage. He really couldn't participate that much. 
as the Rams started moving to no huddle and playing up tempo, it really limited his ability to participate, not knowing the plays. He had to be in the huddle if he was going to play. Taylor Rapp, very active on defense, seven tackles with the sack. And Johnny Hecker, I've been dinging our special teams all year, and he struggled again. No booming kicks from Johnny in this game. One 37-yarder. We could have really used one of his 60-65-yard punts. Used to see that on a regular basis. Just don't see that anymore. One comment on the announcers. I think they made one mistake. They said that the Kenny Young trade opened up a starting position for Troy Reader. I don't really see it that way. Both those guys were on the field quite a bit. The Kenny Young trade really opened things up for Ernest Jones, not Troy Reader. It's a small thing, but they did get it wrong. It was a pretty clean game by the refs, except for that personal foul on Whitworth. And not so much really the personal foul on Whitworth, but not calling the personal foul on the 49ers for throwing Henderson down. And in case you weren't aware of this, Henderson was under observation for a concussion. And I believe it was that play, the play that the Rams got called for the personal foul, where Daryl Henderson was getting thrown to the ground by a 280-pounder well after the whistle. Go figure. Not going to give out any player props in this one. I will close by saying, good time to go into a bye week. Usually, you don't want to go into a bye week after a game like this with that bad taste in your mouth. You want to come back and play and play soon. But this team needs to get in sync They lost Robert Woods, they added OBJ, they're going to get Ben Skowronik more involved in the offense, I think. Vaughn Miller on defense, they've lost Sebastian Joseph Day, they have to figure that out, and then we come back for what? A matchup with the Green Bay Packers in Green Bay. Rams got to be pumped for that. They got to come out and beat one of the elite teams in the NFC and get rolling down the stretch run here so they can position themselves well in the playoffs. What it all means, well, the Rams are now 7-3. and three. They're still the fifth seed, the number one wild card in the NFC, but they got a tough schedule. They need to get it together. These last two games leave me with a bit of a sour feeling. I, I'm kind of torn, very disappointed, a little paranoid about where this is going for the Rams. But at the same time, as the broadcaster said, They have some very good DNA in that locker room. They got the personnel to get it done. It's time to go out and do it. We'll be back in a minute with our loop around the league. Football fans, who's ready to score some free bets? New customers who bet just $1 on either team to score can win $100 in free bets. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN, bet $1 on either team to score, and win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with promo code TBPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash 
Sportsbook for details. Gambling problems? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Time for our loop around the league. Week 10 in the NFL. Now, every season and almost every week, we see results that really surprise us. That's what makes the NFL so great on any given Sunday, as they say. But this year seems to have taken that adage to a new level. Every week, there's one or two results that really surprise us. And this week, there were several. And it started with Thursday night. Baltimore rolls into Miami. Everybody's expecting the Ravens to handle the Dolphins. Ravens trying to stay atop that AFC North. But the Dolphins D stepped up. Brian Flores' defense finally showing up like I thought they were going to all year long. Remember, this was one of my original sleeper teams. But they got up to a stumbling start this year. This game, they really played well, shutting down that Ravens' vaunted rushing attack. Tua and Brissett combined for... 314 yards passing. They had two plays of 50-plus yards. Dolphins 22, Ravens 10. Packers 17, Seahawks 0. First time Russell Wilson has ever been shut out. Now, last week I said I was pulling for the Packers, and to some of you that probably didn't make sense. Why do we care about the Seahawks at this point? We're talking about potential home field against the Packers in the playoffs. Of course, that would mean the Rams finish atop their division. Otherwise, it's probably not going to matter if the Packers win the North and the Rams are second in the West. If those two teams end up meeting, it would be in Green Bay, regardless of records. But I'm telling you, I just want the Seahawks to have the life stomped out of them. And that's why I was pulling for the Packers And as I was watching that game, I kind of get it. I know, you know, maybe we want the Seahawks to win this game, but I just couldn't do it. I want the Seahawks to finish 3-14, and if possible, and have a carryover to next season. I want that team in total disarray. Before this game, we heard Ian Rappaport saying that Russell Wilson has been rehabbing 19 hours a day. Well, maybe he should have been rehabbing 20 hours a day. Maybe then they might have scored a point. And DK Metcalf, his personality shining through once again. He gets ejected for some action after the play. And then he tries to sneak back onto the field, gets told to leave. Bobby Wagner's on the sideline trying to calm him down, and he's having none of it. Man, I don't know. Metcalf is a great talent. I don't want him on my team. Simple as that. Don't need it. Please go away. Have fun in Seattle for the next five or ten years. You're going to make some great plays, but a very destructive personality at work there. And kudos to the Packers D. They have basically shut down the Cardinals, Chiefs, and Seahawks over the last three weeks. That's Kyler Murray, Patrick Mahomes, and Russell Wilson. Of course, they lost the game to the Chiefs because, largely because Aaron Rodgers wasn't in that game. But that defense man stepping up. Titans 23, Saints 21. This was the game where I picked the Saints. And I did that before I knew Alvin Kamara was going to be out. 
And actually, they still should have won this game. I'm telling you guys, don't buy stock in the Titans. They are getting so lucky on this little win streak. When they stop getting these freebies, it's going to be a different story. Don't get me wrong. Very good team. I'm going to have them high in my rankings this week, but I don't know. You know, this formula that they have for winning is not something you can count on. The Saints missed two PATs in this game. They had a red zone interception taken away by a questionable roughing call. Sound familiar? Sort of like the Aaron Donald play the week before. This one was even worse, I think, the call I mean. And that roughing call allowed the Titans to score right before halftime and take a 13-6 lead. So it was a big play. And then the Saints fumbled away the opening kickoff of the second half. So there were like five big plays in that game, and they all went the Titans' way. Good teams make breaks for themselves. I get it. But I'm not going to hold the Titans in as high a regard as a lot of people. Let me put it this way. I'd rather play the Titans next Sunday than about five teams in the NFC. Patriots 45, Browns 7, Mac Jones. Wow. Are the Niners kicking themselves yet for drafting Trey Lance? Remember, the rumor was that they originally traded up to that spot high in the first round to take Jones, but then kind of sat on the fence for a while and finally opted for Trey Lance. I'm thinking Mac Jones should have been at least the second quarterback taken, if not the first. I'm not sure about Trevor Lawrence yet. He's probably going to turn into a great quarterback, so I wouldn't say Mac Jones above him quite yet, but certainly before Justin Fields, Trey Lance, or Zach Wilson. Teams get so enamored by these quarterbacks with mobility and the ability to extend plays, and they forget about the most important qualities required of an NFL quarterback, and these are qualities that Mac Jones clearly has. And this Patriots D looks legit. Browns didn't have Nick Chubb due to COVID, but still holding the Browns to seven points. I don't know what's going on in Cleveland. Roller coaster ride there. Some people had them rated like as high as number six going into this season due to some of the additions and that great offensive line. I don't know, man. Not looking so good right now for Cleveland. Colts 23, Jags 17, another 100-yard day for Jonathan Taylor. But Jags made it a little interesting late. Cowboys 43, Falcons 3. Last week, Denver did a number on that Cowboy offense. They looked fine and dandy this week. Took out some of their frustrations on the Falcons. Zeke and C.D. Lamb both had two touchdowns. And the Cowboys also scored on a blocked punt. Lions 16, Steelers 16. Who got up early to watch Mason Rudolph versus Jared Goff? You know, I've said in the past, I'm a fan of Jared Goff, but this has been an ugly season for him. And I still don't think it's all on him. Doesn't have the greatest receiving core, that's for sure. And I guess he had an oblique injury in this game. So I'm still pulling for him, but this looked really bad. Ugly game of the century. Lions actually had a chance to win it, missed a 46-yard field goal in overtime. Washington football team 29, Bucks 19. I had Washington plus 10 to cover, so that was an easy win for me. So it's 2-0 on my bets this week. I still picked the Bucks to win, though. I didn't see this coming. Sometimes we forget how good that Washington defense is. 
Taylor Heineke outplays Tom Brady, who was picked off twice on his first six passes. Downside to this victory, Chase Young, ACL injury. One of the best young defensive players in the league. Gone for the year. And my favorite result of the week, Panthers 34, Cardinals 10. You know, when a team faces adversity, maybe loses a key player, perhaps their quarterback, that first game after that happens, there's just a resurgence. Different guys step up. You get contributions from guys you don't normally rely on. Team steps up, pulls off a big win, like the Cardinals did last week against the Niners. But but that effort is not always sustained in the ensuing weeks, and that's what we saw with the Panthers-Cardinals. Cardinals looked horrible. Panthers looked like clearly the better team. So that extra juice the Cardinals had, it wasn't there. I mean, if you watch this game 10, 15 minutes in, you'd be pretty convinced that the Panthers were the better team. Now, you got to cut the Cardinals some slack. If Kyler Murray's healthy, they are the better team. But that's the problem with Kyler Murray. His style of play seems to have ankles that get dinged up pretty easily. Hard guy to count on for a 17-game season and playoffs. Vikings 27, Chargers 20. Justin Herbert suddenly looking like just another quarterback, as is the rest of the Charger team. And a few weeks ago, we thought they were one of the elite teams in the AFC, and now they're struggling. The Vikings stay alive in the wildcard hunt. They have five losses this year by a total of 18 points. So don't discount the Vikings. Eagles 30, Broncos 13. I think what happened with the Eagles is they were relying on Miles Sanders in the run game, and then he got hurt. And now it's a three-headed monster, Jordan Howard, Boston Scott, and the quarterback, Jalen Hurts. And man, they looked really good. Very dangerous. Those three rushed for 83, 81, and 53 yards, respectively. And this Bronco defense, practically shutting out the Cowboys last week, gives up 30 to the Eagles this week. Another result. Really didn't see that one coming. Bills 45, Jets 17. The Mike White hysteria might be winding down. He throws four interceptions. The Chiefs 41, the Raiders 14. And as the broadcasting crew said, I'm sure the Raiders thought this was going to be an extremely competitive game, but it really wasn't. Well, it was for a little while until Deshaun Jackson's first catch as a Raider and his ensuing fumble. It was pretty close at that point. It was 24-14. to 14. If Jackson hangs onto that ball, Raiders have a first down around the Kansas City 17. Tried to run horizontal to avoid the tackler. Tackler punched the ball out. Chiefs recover. That was the last breath of life for the Raiders in that game. All downhill from there. And so after all of that has gone on this year, Broncos winning their first three. Chargers and Raiders both looking so good early in the season. Who's on top of the AFC West? It's the Kansas City Chiefs. And I also said last week that the AFC West stacks up pretty well against the NFC West at this time as far as the strongest division in football. Well, scratch that comment, please. This week, they certainly did not look like a strong division at all. 
Bears, Bengals, Giants, and Texans all on bye weeks. Last word, Ram fans, don't lose faith that this team will be back. It is just too talented and has too much great leadership to not bounce back. We will get the win in Green Bay. You heard it here first. This Thursday, we'll have our regular midweek draft. We're going to set the record straight on the Rams' draft prognosis for 2022. We're going to get caught up with UCLA basketball, and we'll just take a quick look at how the standings are shaping up, among other things. That's going to do it for this episode. Remember, you can reach us at ramsuppodcast at gmail.com. You can visit our website at laramsup.com. And don't forget to subscribe and give us that five-star rating. It's greatly appreciated. And remember, this week of all weeks, keep the horns up, stay safe, and have fun out there. Music courtesy of bensound.com and the YouTube royalty-free music audio library, Crimson Fly by Hama Hama.